Welcome to Keep Purring, a Carolina Panthers podcast hosted by Ben Tucker and Eric Briggs, two lifelong Panthers fans from North Carolina. Whether you're a diehard fan or a casual observer, this is the Panthers podcast for you. Do us a favor, click on the link tree in our bio and give us a follow on Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Now, let's get to the episode. Welcome back to another episode of Keep Purring, a Carolina Panthers podcast. We are available wherever you prefer to consume your podcasts, Spotify, Apple, you name it, and we're on YouTube. Um, If you check us out on YouTube, we really, really hope you'll consider subscribing and hitting that notification bell so you never miss an episode. We're recording this on Sunday night, just a few hours after the Panthers' loss, unfortunately, to the Minnesota Vikings. And Eric, I am coming in hot, very hot. Uh, I, As I said, I had to record the game, so I finished watching the game just uh, two and a half, three hours ago, a little later than most. Um, and I'm still pretty hot. I'm still pretty fired up. Not in a good way. Uh, but before we get to all that, um, I wanted to pass it to you because you had kind of a cool idea about a headline for tonight. Yeah, I mean, I just I was driving around earlier today and I was thinking about the podcast. I was recording it uh, this evening and I thought we it would be kind of fun for uh, like if we had to boil everything down that happened in the game into like an old school headline. Right. Like if we if it's you know 30 years ago and we had to write the headline for the newspaper, uh, what would it be? And I thought that I just thought it was kind of like a yeah. kind of cool idea, uh, something different, you know, different to do. And I don't know that it's necessarily a headline, but you know, for me, it was uh, it was a tough result, but it was not a tough game to watch. So it's not the way that we wanted the game to go, but it was a watchable game. Like we like we looked okay. We made a game out of it. And the Vikings helped us out a little bit. But for me, it was a, hey, it's a tough result, but it's not a tough game. It wasn't a tough game to watch. Okay. I like that. Um, for what, me, what do you think? For my headline, <laughs> I'm going to go the opposite route and say the Panthers are in trouble. Um, um, yeah. The Panthers are in trouble. I uh, will get into it, but I do agree. I do agree that this game um, was watchable at times. Um, I think the bar is pretty low for us right now as uh, Panthers fans for what is what we can deem as watchable or not. But I do agree. Like there were there were some good moments. There were a lot of good moments. There were some exciting yeah. exciting plays that happened. We were all, we so were up for plays. most of the game. We were we were. Uh, but I I continue to be. Um, I continue to be very unimpressed with Frank Reich and his play calling. And that is my biggest issue right now, which we'll, which we'll kind of get into. Let's just start. Let's just get into, we'll go kind of starting in the first quarter. I mean, first of all, uh, I mean, that pick six. Can we talk about the pick six by Sam Franklin like that? Yeah, it was, was, awesome. his, it was his first. Was it? It was his first one in his career, wasn't it? I think it was I his first. Believe so. Yeah, it was his first interception and uh, whatever ninety yards or ninety nine. Ninety nine. No, how long it was? Yeah, ninety nine yard um, uh, interception return for a touchdown was a solid, uh, solid thing. And as it, you know, the offense, I'm sure, appreciated spotting us f- uh, seven points. 
Yeah. Um, and it was awesome. I mean, because he hasn't had Sam Franklin hasn't had a ton of opportunities to start. Yeah. He's been primarily a special teams guy and and he's fantastic as a special teams guy. And so I was kind of looking forward to watching him today. And yeah. uh now he before that happened, if you remember, Kirk Cousins took the deep shot to Jordan Addison and CJ Henderson, Sam Franklin were in coverage and Franklin had a terrible pass interference call where he kind of just jumped all over the Vikings mm-hmm. receiver and it was an obvious flag. I mean, yeah. uh, when I, I was just like, are you kidding me, Sam Franklin? That's awful. Yeah. He was trying to um, save a touchdown. Yeah. Um, so, but then he follows that up. I mean, could he have redeemed himself any better? <laughs> like he follow, follows that up with a 99 yard um, pick six. That was crazy. And then, and then the block, uh, I had to look this person's name up. The guy that threw the block on Kirk Cousins. Oh, he the oh dude was flying God. down the sideline. 20, yes. 29 maybe. Yeah, I twenty nine. But, but it jumped out at me too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Deshaun Jameson, who yeah. I I had never even heard of him. I didn't. I had never heard of him. That's why I was like twenty nine. Who was twenty nine? The dude was shot out like a bullet. Oh my and God. It Just and hey. Kudos, uh, kudos to um, actually recognizing that you had help coming, right? Like, yeah, he he held up in the return to allow you know blockers to kind of catch up with him. I thought that was super heads yeah. up. Yeah, that was amazing, amazing play, great way to get the game started. Um, I think I, I liked our first offensive possession in the first quarter. I did like how we started with the play calling and the game plan. I liked that they started Bryce out with a quick completion over to Thielen just to kind of, you know, get him comfortable. And then we were running the ball, at least in that first drive, first couple of drives, drives, we were running it pretty well. I mean, I was really happy to see Chuba Hubbard out there again. I thought, Mm -hmm. you know, we were both pretty disappointed that what did he have like one carry Last game, yeah, yeah, I think he had one game. Well, we only had tw- fourteen as a team, and two of them were Dalton. So you know, <laughs> right. there, was, there were only 12, 12 rushing attempts last week. Um, yeah, yeah. And- so, so the fact that they started out and they were like committed to the run, I thought was a good sign. And we were moving the ball on that first drive. You know, um, and I, I, and Chenault. and Chenault. so at yep. the very beginning, we had we had all three of them carrying yep. the ball and they all provide a different, uh, different look and they mm-hmm. require the defense to do different things in terms yep. of, um, you know, what their skill sets are. Right. And I think that that was a part of why, you know, the running game was going okay is because we had different looks going in there. Yeah. Um, but I will say um, this is, it seems to be a continuing theme, but Chuba was the most explosive back. Oh, for sure. I mean, not even close. Like it's not even in the same stratosphere. Of no. like it's I mean, he is by far the more dynamic runner, and it's bearing itself out in the stats. Is it passes the stat test and the eye test. Uh when you're watching it, Chuba can do things, and Miles Sanders is literally gonna run into an offensive lineman again. Yeah. Um he doesn't look he certainly doesn't look like the Miles Sanders that that I think we've all kind of grown accustomed to seeing the last couple of years. I mean, well, the Panthers' offensive line doesn't look anything like the uh, Eagles' offensive line either. 
No, no, that's a fact. That's hundred percent accurate. I also, I do think that he's that Sanders is a bit um, hindered by that groin issue. He, I mean, he was questionable to play this game, and he's had that groin issue since the preseason. If you remember, he didn't play any snaps in the preseason yep. because of this yeah, because wow. of his injury. And now he he has played every game so far in the season, but he just, I mean, like we said last episode, he's not Christian McCaffrey, but he's a good running back and he just doesn't look like he has that explosiveness that, that we're used to yep. seeing. And I, I a hundred percent agree. Like Chuba Hubbard has looked just fantastic. I think yeah. they need to get him the ball more. Uh, something and else. He had a good I, catch. I've he noticed did? like, I, I, yeah. he, I remember this week. And I think he did last week too. He had a couple of catches as well. Uh, yeah. I think, you know, if he can, if he can start catching the ball, then that'll be even better. Yeah. Yeah, no, and and that's always been the the biggest knock on him is that he has yeah. like rocks for hands and stone, yeah, uh, or stones, whatever the saying is. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, he's looked really good. I thought um, I was happy to see kind of uh, some of the things that I was seeing from Bryce Young that first drive. He, if you noticed, uh, there were on that first drive and several times throughout the game, you you heard him walk up to the line of scrimmage, kill, 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 kill. kill. Yeah, he's killing the play. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that shows, you know, good awareness of the set, the defense is in what, what they're showing you, um, good command of, you know, of the offensive game plan. Um, I thought Thielen continues to look good. I mean, he's, he's He's our our shining light. Yeah. He's, He's yeah, for sure. He's, he's the, uh, he is the, the, the ray of hope. (laughs) <laughs> that we have <laughs> yeah, when he uh when he came off and we saw him in like this weird boot thing on oh, his ankle yeah. i was like yeah. oh hell no yeah that <laughs> when i saw that i was like we're not going to be able to complete no. a single pass Mm-mm. we're uh, not going to win a single game this season <laughs> <laughs> we need him so bad uh but you know something else um well first of all the the drive for on offense the drive where we drew, we took it all the way down and what were we on like the two three yard line ended up oh, having yeah. having a couple penalties ended up getting a field mm-hmm. goal out of it i said I, I thought to myself when that happened i thought to myself i really hope this doesn't come back to bite us because yep. we had we were in great field position obviously we had had a great fan, we had fantastic drive to get us to that point Mm-hmm. And to get that close and only come away with a field goal, that was definitely a win for the Vikings defense. Yeah. Um, missed opportunity there. And I thought, by the way, I think it was on that same drive. Remember the when when Bryce took the late hit, he got hit from behind, mm-hmm. got knocked down. They didn't throw why did they not throw a flag? What is that? What I mean, I get that we had so they called a penalty on that play on the Panthers, which is why they blew the play dead. And I get that, mm-hmm. but the the guy, it was a late hit on Bryce, and yeah. there I was no call. See. Yeah, like I, you know, because they they did show a few uh, replays from that guy's perspective. And again, I, I don't know. I'm not out there. I know the game moves really fast. Um, you know, but he immediately came like came around Icky. And Bryce was literally right there. And yeah. I think when he came, like he came around Icky and like 
tried to stop, but those mm-hmm. guys are going so fast. And he immediately was like to the ref. He was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And the ref was yeah. like, I, you know, I got you. I know. Yeah, but, but it still should have been a flag. They they throw yeah, that flag I every week in, I, in other games. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm not disagreeing with you. I just think it's just, it just really annoyed me. Um, and by the way, I think the drive that we're talking about, I don't know, maybe it was in the second quarter. Um, but anyway, we, you know, the pick six in the first quarter was super encouraging. I thought the game was, was very watchable at that point. <laughs> it was, mm-hmm. it was exciting to start out that way. I was pretty, I was pretty hype. Um, we go into the second quarter. We have, um, I don't know if you kind of clocked this, but, there was one uh, – we had a drive stall out, um, and I think we had to end up punting the ball. Bryce, the camera kind of zoomed in on Bryce's face, and he was visibly – and and not not just then, more than once during this game. During this game, Bryce was um, visibly frustrated. You could tell. Yes. Um, with himself, I'm sure, um, with maybe the, uh, you know, the lack of effectiveness – from their offense in general, um, he was frustrated. Yeah, I guess I just didn't come away from it thinking that our offense looked terrible. Like, I do are we we have got to cont- we have got to take shots down the field, right? That's like yep. we have got to do that. It is. I do not understand this mindset of we put a rookie quarterback out there, no matter how good he is, with a defense that isn't worried about anything 20 yards down the field right like and and expect there to be windows and areas for him mm-hmm. to throw to the the, the receivers yeah. like, and whose fault can't. is that frank right oh 100 percent. like absolutely it, you know with the things that he was saying after week three all sounded like bullshit to me like it was just like you know and when he was talking about the play calls and then you know why um why Chuba only got one rush or why we totally abandoned the run. And like, like all of his, all of his, they they came across as excuses instead of Mm -hmm. explanations. Mm -hmm. Um, At least they did to me. And, you know, we, we saw the offense moving pretty well for the first two quarters. Um, But I think part of it was because we were doing different things than we have before. And mm-hmm. then we didn't continue to do different things as the game continued. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're going against the best offensive minds every single week or the best defensive minds every single right. week. Right? right. And so like you can't continue to do the same thing and expect continued success. The people in the, uh, you know, in the box on the other side of the field are, they're changing up what they're calling based on, what you're trying to get done on, on offense. And we didn't continue to do different things and different wrinkles. We like the very beginning of it seemed like we did some fun stuff. And then after that, we kind of went back, we kind of like took a step backwards and Mm -hmm. it was almost like to me, almost like Frank Reich said, all right, y'all can help me with the first 10 or 15 plays that are scripted at the beginning of the game. But after that, (laughs) after that, it's on me. That, but that, that's that's how it that's how it felt when I was watching it. it was like at the beginning it was like oh man we just we just like put on the turbo put in like some of that premium gas you know what I mean mm-hmm. and like we actually started yep. like doing things and then at some point we stopped. It's so frustrating, dude. I mean, so first of all, 
Like I, I, I agree. I do agree that we, we, our offense had some good moments. We were doing some different things uh, that we had maybe not seen as much in the first three games. I liked how, I liked how we were utilizing Chuba. I liked how we were utilizing Laviska Chenault. He had several really good plays in this game. Um, oh, I think I think he might be on mute. Um, so, like, we were doing some good things. Uh, I mean, the frustr- here's one frustrating thing. First of all, the we are taking way too long, way too long to get the play in. Uh, yeah, I have that. Every, sure. It's seemingly every single, almost every single play, you watch that play clock, and it's getting down into the red. Uh, yeah, it's like, and then then when it turns red, you're like, oh, sweet Jesus, uh, uh-huh. we got to go. And then it gets to three, and then two. Uh-huh. It's like that. It like it is lower than comfortable, and lower than I remember seeing on a regular basis from other type teams right like of course there's going to be times that that kind of thing happens but it, it happened to us coming out of a timeout today we had a timeout right. and then we came back in and it got down to like three seconds i'm like y'all just had 30 seconds to talk about this shit over on the sideline uh-huh. how how are we still having this problem it's like how? there something is off and it's not like, on bryce that's not on bryce i mean no, no, i'm not saying it is i'm no, saying no, like something in the process is off because with the level of coaches, as everybody's talking about the, you know, the level of coaching, the level of coaching, we got one of the best coaching staffs with the level of coaches, right? We shouldn't have this problem. No, but I, it, you know, I don't know if it's Frank trying to, you know, like waiting to get input from other people before he makes the, the call. I don't know what it is, but I do think that four weeks is an appropriate amount of time to kind of give the play calling. No, you know, I, I don't, I'm not talking to as many people on Twitter and whatnot as you are. So correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't see as many people talking about like other aspects of things as much as they have been the play calling the past couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it is slightly painful, um, it is. you know, because it's like watching paint dry. Yeah. And I, and I know, and listen, I've been preaching from before the even, you know, before the season even started that like, Hey, we have to have patience through this whole thing. Right. He is, he is, he's a rookie, you know, he's a rookie quarterback. We don't have explosive options, um, you know, in the same way that some other teams do. So we're going to have to, you know, temper our expectations. And the frustrating thing is, the play calling is the easiest thing to change. You don't have to it, trade for a player. Control you don't what you have can to control, pick right? Yeah, like you don't have to like go manufacture trades or whatever. Like this, this is a simple solution. This is we need a different strategy and you know on offense because what we're trying to do right now, it's it's not working. And no. you know we have we have a quarterback who I don't know what he ended up. At in the second half, but at one point he was 16 for 16 in the second half. And like that tells me one of two things, like either the play calling isn't aggressive enough, right? Because like, if you're taking shots, you're going to have some incompletions or whatever. Right. Um, You know, but also like we have a guy that can handle, handle the situation right like he was you're right he was saying kill 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 on a regular basis Mm -hmm. and most of the time it turned out to be an okay play there were a couple of them that he checked into just you know 
utter destruction, which is which is going to happen. But give me another rookie that goes 16 for 16, you know, in the second half of a competitive game or whatever. It's just like he he showed a hell of a lot of composure. Um, mm-hmm. And the coach need, coaching staff needs to be able to like give him a little bit more of that. I know you're trying to keep him on. You, in one hand, you say that you give him the keys of the kingdom. On the other hand, your play calling looks like you're trying to keep him on a short leash. So, which is it, right? Because your actions, what the plays that you're calling, are not matching up to what you know explanations that you're giving throughout the week and after the games. Yeah, he finished 25 of 32 for 204 yards. I mean, I mean. There were a good number of his completions that were either behind the line of scrimmage or uh, just a couple yard, a few yards ahead of it. Um, his, I, I saw something. I saw a a passing chart on Twitter for Bryce at the end of the game, and uh, the number of somebody said, I think it was Josh Norris who uh, has his own podcast. He's with Underdog fantasy he mm-hmm. said uh something about kind of making fun of how many times the panthers threw a wide receiver screen in this yeah. game because it seemed seemingly whenever bryce would go kill 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 nine times out of ten it was to change in the play to a wide receiver screen and that's pretty easy to defend especially when you know that it's coming mm-hmm. there were now granted in saying that there were also a few times where bryce changed the play and it wasn't a wide receiver screen. It ended up being, I mean, he had some really good plays in there, but, Mm -hmm. but I was going to say like back to the, the clock management issue at one point, Mm -hmm. I think one of the announcers was like the Panthers had a drive where they were really going a little more fast paced and they were moving the ball. And he, the announcer was like, see, this is the Panthers need to do this more. They need to play faster. Yep. Yeah, he's like, they, they need to play faster. They're taking way too long at times to get the play in. And it they it seems like we it, it's to the advantage of the defense because we're giving them time to kind of set up, make sure everybody's aligned um, as yep. opposed to playing faster. Um, but the clock management thing is a big issue for me. We had, if you remember, towards the end of the first half, um, we got the ball back, I yep. think. Was that when uh, was that when Kamu Kamu Grugier Hill had that interception? He gave us really good field position, and mm-hmm. I think at that point there was like forty five seconds left on the clock. Well, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot. Bryce completed a, a pass or two, and the clock's just ticking down because the you know the player didn't get out of bounds, and and the announcer, I think the announcer might have been Brady Quinn. He's like, this is a perfect opportunity to call a timeout if you're Frank Reich. Yep. Call a timeout. Yep. Call a timeout. Nothing happened. The clock just continued to tick down. We lost twenty seconds off the clock. Mm-hmm. Maybe we could have. We and I think we had all three of our timeouts. We did at the very least two. We had three. Yeah. Okay. I so believe we had, I believe we had three because then we had to end up taking one at some point anyway. Right. Um, yeah, I believe it was three. It may have been two, but we we had plenty of timeouts. We did. We we could have used one. That was where you should have used it. So now now I mean we got a field goal out of it, which is great. But Eddie Pinheiro had to put on his Superman cape and kick a 50-plus mm-hmm. yarder to get us that field goal. We could have put him in a much better position. Or if we would have used a couple timeouts, we could have potentially, you know, 
driven it down the field and had a shot at a at a touchdown. You never know. Mm-hmm. I just I just like things like that. Things like that. Things like the play taking forever to get in the clock. The play clock running down into the red every single time. Seemingly, that should not be happening with the experienced head coach and the experienced coaching staff that we have. I just I know that they're all new. They're still kind of learning each other, learning that's, their process. I'm, I'm going to tell you that's bullshit. It's not an excuse. It's not an excuse yeah, at this point. No, I'm going to. I'm like that one doesn't fly. We are four weeks into the regular season, and you guys came together in the summer, right? Exactly. If if you need to practice calling in the play calls, then effing practice that one day, and then you should be okay. Like that should not be the hardest thing to do. No. And I don't know. Um, I didn't see the whole. I think I just saw a little clip, and it may have been you who sent it to me. Um, but it was of Frank Reich saying that he called in, he called a play only God. to realize that the play he called was for Thielen and Thielen wasn't in. It just wasn't Thielen. A good look. It Thielen just was good not look. in the game at all. Yeah. So he didn't, dude. Like sometimes it's better to just not say things. That is just him saying that is just adding fuel to the fire, honestly, for fans. Yeah, an old- essentially, what he said was, Adam Thielen was not in the game. He didn't realize it. How do you not know that? And he called a play. So that was the first concerning thing. The second concerning thing is that he basically said he called a play where Adam Thielen was who the ball was supposed to go to. Mm -hmm. And it didn't sound from what he said, it didn't sound like there was even a secondary option for. for No, it was like, it was a play for Thielen. It was a play for Adam Thielen specifically and Adam Thielen wasn't in the game. And so he, once he realized that, uh, they either got a delay of game or they burned a timeout. I don't know which which one. What was the result of that? Do you remember? It was one know. of those two. Yeah. But um, just between the mental, the mental errors that we're seeing with the not calling the timeout at the end of the first half, not like calling a play for a player that's not even in the game, from from an experienced head coach like Frank Reich, it's super concerning. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, there's an old saying: it's better to be thought a fool than open your mouth and remove all doubt. Uh, <laughs> there you go. So you you put it more eloquently than I could, and that's perfect. <laughs> you know, like you just, I, I don't know. Like I've I've been able to not be frustrated during this process, and I'm not frustrated with our players. I think our players are trying to perform the best that they can in the situations that they were. We saw a much better offensive line today. Uh, We didn't have the same false start, you know, situations. And, hey, we were at home versus, you know, in Seattle with the 12th man. But, um, you know, we we can't make the players play a certain way, right? They can practice it and whatever. But on game day, like the players are individual entities. They're going to go out and do their own thing. What we can control, though, is how we get the plays called in and what plays that we get called in. You know, mm-hmm. like the one time that we took a, a shot today, I think it was in the second quarter, um, or the one time I remember, it was the Chark. We got a pass interference penalty, right? Yeah. Like, you know, it yeah. was like it was like the one time we tried to stretch the field, they, they interfered, and we went all the way down. Like, we should do that. more of that. You that know? was positive. That was a positive result. And it just mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense to me because um, 
Bryce Young can push the ball down the field. If you watched him for two years at Alabama, now granted, some of the receivers, especially his Heisman year, I mean, he had Jamison Williams. So like he had some talent there at the receiver position, not last year. Last year, Alabama's receivers were not good. But my point is like Bryce has the ability to push the ball down the field. Yeah. And he has shown that he also has the ability to be super accurate. Um, yeah, we to make, that chart last week. Right. To be good, to sit, to make good decisions. Um, and we're coming off of a week last week where Andy Dalton, I get that Andy Dalton is a 10 plus year veteran. Maybe Frank Reich has a little bit more trust in Andy Dalton right now than he does with Bryce Young. But we saw we're coming off a game last week where Andy Dalton threw it 58 times and took several deep shots down mm-hmm. the field. And um, I get the sense right now that Bryce is, and this is me, this is, I mean, no way of knowing if this is true, but I get the sense that Bryce is not only getting frustrated with himself, but he's frustrated. I feel like he's handcuffed right now by this offensive mm-hmm. play calling. I feel like. I, I tweeted out um, just a couple of days ago. I tweeted out like, if if I if if anything if I could choose one thing basically that happens during this Sunday's game, I want to see Bryce let it rip. I want to see him air mm-hmm. it out, and that takes two things. It takes Bryce being willing to take some chances, but it also takes Frank Reich trusting him and calling plays to actually take some shots down mm-hmm. the field. And yep. it's just not happening right now. Um, I, so uh, this that's kind of leads me. I wanted to ask you just in general, like what was your overall? We've talked about it a little bit, but like what was your overall kind of takeaway from how Bryce Young played? Uh, you know, I, I I made a note. Bryce is the guy. Like he just has so much composure uh, in his third game. I know it's the team's fourth, but it's only his third game. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like I said, going 16 for 16 in the second half, that's really bleeping impressive, uh, you know, kind of no matter who you are. You're going up against the best, you know, some of the best athletes in the world on the other side of the ball. So, um, you know, kudos for, for what he was able to do. Um, you know, again, still no shots down the field, really. Uh, definitely mm-hmm. want and need that to be better. Um I, you know, we talked about the play call stuff. I was getting very nervous, uh, you know, with, with him doing it. But the one time where I think we did get one delay of game penalty, but another time where we were about to get one, you know, Bryce was aware of the situation. He called the timeout and, you know, that went, you know, went better. Um, I do think that I, he started to show a little bit more of his improvis- improvisation uh, yeah. skills about yeah. halfway through the third quarter or so. There were a couple of plays in short succession where, um, he was able to buy time and, yep. you know, move with his feet, throw on the run. And we, it was very reminiscent of some of the plays that were on his highlight reel as he was coming yeah, out of Alabama. For sure. So, you know, the playmaking ability, um, we haven't utilized much at all. Now, we obviously don't want him, you know, trying to outrun a 300-pound, you know, lineman or something, right? Or, like, like we don't want him – himself and his body in danger <laughs> but like you know giving rolling roll him out of the pocket see what happens right like i we haven't moved him around no and he's Why? relatively mobile um Rel- you know, so he's very mobile 
but you know, but I mean, he's not Deshaun Watson or you know Michael Vick or Michael, whatever. Or but like Lamar he, Jackson, but yeah, Lamar still. Jackson, like like he can he can move, roll him out of the yeah. pocket, and and make the defense react to what what you're doing. It's just can they hire you? Can they just hire you now? <laughs> to replace well, I think Ryan? I think you know so like you know we. Bryce is doing what he's allowed to do and what he's asked to do. And for the mm. most part, he's doing it pretty damn well. Of course, he's going to have one or two times per game where something doesn't go quite right. The fumble. It's the fumble. Sometimes that was, ter- you get that was terrible. That was not Let's a good one. And it, was, it wasn't good. It that was changed, good. That changed the momentum of the game completely. One, yeah, um, 100%. He's got to, now, obviously, it's not his fault that somebody that somebody missed a block and a guy ran up behind him and strip sacked him. But that's two. That's twice now that mm-hmm. he's had a very, 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 very costly fumble, and this one was even worse than the last time because it turned into a really touchdown. Bad. It was really yeah, bad. This one was really bad. Um, I do think that he was he. You know, the offensive line did look better, which helped give him a you know a little bit more time at times. Um, yes. Yeah, I mean that's why I said they looked a little bit better, which helped to give him some more time. He didn't have all the time in the world, no. by any stretch. Um, but I didn't. I didn't feel like on any snap, Bryce could get sacked immediately. You know what I mean? Because like the the in the previous games, the offensive line just like looked like a colander. You know, like people oh, yeah. people would just run right through it, and and I didn't get that sense today, which was good. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, overall for Bryce, listen, he's doing what he's asked to do. He's yeah. making mistakes, which we all know is going to happen. But the times where he's not making mistakes, he's really fucking good. Yeah. Like he's really, really good. 25 for 32. Now only a couple hundred yards, but like that to me, that's not his fault. No. Um, because the play calls are not, let me throw it 40 yards downfield. The play calls are let me throw another bleeping wide receiver screen. <laughs> right. I mean, and we're gonna try to get seven yards off of it. His the that's two it. things that I think. I'll just get the negatives out of the way first. The two things he's got to fix. And again, he's three games. He's played three games. Mm-hmm. He's, he's going to be fine. But he's got to fix the ball security. Um, he, he's got to understand that there's going to be times where somebody comes, that you there, a guy comes around the edge that you don't see, and you, mm-hmm. you get sacked out of nowhere. So you need to be holding on to that ball even when you're scrambling to make sure that if you do get caught by surprise, that doesn't happen. So that he's got to fix that because the two fumbles, he's got two interceptions and two fumbles through his three games. So four turnovers, the interceptions in the Falcons game, you know, they, we talked about that. We won't go back into that, but the two fumbles have been super costly um, because they both times is when we were in position to uh, potentially score and to the momentum was on our side and it just completely yeah. changed the momentum. Yeah. Um, so he's got to work on that. And then, like you said, um, the offensive line was a little bit better today. Um, towards the end of the game, the, I think the offensive line started to break down and you saw him get sacked a few times and um, they were, they were just getting beat. But mm-hmm. um, I do think that he still has a little bit of a problem with holding onto the ball too long at times. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, and um, that, might be a result of uh, no one being open, but I did see there were a couple times where the they had the camera angle um, behind him 
they showed the replay of a couple of sacks that he took. The camera was behind him and there wasn't really anyone open air quotes, but he still could have gotten rid of the ball and at least thrown it, you know, towards one of his guys, giving them an opportunity to maybe make a spectacular catch or just throw it away and don't take a sack. Like we talked about in the last episode, he's got a, his internal clock in his head has, needs to speed up because he's holding onto the ball too long at times. Dude, use your athleticism. He, he can run, get out of the pocket, make something happen with your legs. He did it a couple times today again, but I think, but again, I think this is something that he'll learn uh, with time, you know, as we go, as he goes along, he's only played three games. Um, I did want to ask you this. It just popped in my head in relation to Bryce. I mean, for me, I'm fine, but there's a lot of Panthers fans who are uh, looking at how CJ Stroud's playing, how Anthony Richardson is playing, and having buyer's remorse about Bryce Young and thinking that we picked the wrong guy. Again, I'm not in that camp, but I wanted to get your opinion because I don't think I've asked you that yet. So people, people, well, <laughs> air quotes of people, yeah. are are thinking that C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson would be lighting it up right now if they were on the Panthers, because that's the that's the that's the only question right in that argument. Right, I don't give two shits what they're doing on the Texans or on and the, the Colts, Colts because yeah. they're not our team. Right. It really doesn't matter. Different situations. The, the, the question you have to ask yourself is if one of those two other quarterbacks was on the Panthers, right. would we be looking at it and having very different conversations than we are right here today? And the answer is no. I agree. You know, because you had, you had Justin Fields, which is a different situation, right? right. But he came out uh, last week, the week before, whenever it was, and was like visibly frustrated about the play calling. And, yeah. you know, like, it, it, like, so like that is a very real thing that puts handcuffs on quarterbacks and Justin Fields has not looked good this year and no. un until today. And the off their offense has not looked particularly great this year. And so, you know, him coming out and saying like, Hey, we got to do something about this play calling. I, I draw, you know, a similar line to what's going on with the Panthers of, we have a good quarterback who is mobile and, and you're putting, you know, chains on him. Now, if, yeah. if you had CJ Stroud come in or Anthony Richardson come in and had those same chains put on them and mm -hmm. because of the processing speed and some of the other things, maybe even they're a little tighter than they are for Bryce, they're not going to be doing any better because we're going to have the same wide receivers. We're going to have the same offensive line. We're still going to have Miles Sanders getting, you know, most of the the runs. So like those same situations, the same play calling, the same circumstance. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like everything being the same, no they're not going to be better than Bryce Young. And like I'm I'm happy to hear an argument from somebody on the other side of that, but I can't imagine a circumstance under which I'm I'm going to change my mind on it. Certainly not after right. his third game in the NFL. Right. He's not going to do it. I 100% agree with you. Um, I think I'm happy for CJ Stroud. I'm happy for Anthony Richardson with, you know, how their careers have, have started. Um, I've watched um, every single highlight video of CJ Stroud for through his first three. Well, I, didn't, I haven't watched today's yet. I know, I know the Texans won today. Um, but uh, 
I'm not going to take anything away from CJ Stroud no. or Anthony Richardson. They're playing great. They're great players. They're, great, they're players. great players. Yeah. But but CJ Stroud, uh, it's obvious, it's blatantly obvious that the situation that he is in from a um offensive talent standpoint. Now I'm not saying I'm not saying he's got, you know, Justin Jefferson and you know Jamar Chase on the outside or anything like that. But couple he's got a couple dudes. He's got a couple guys on the outside. Mm-hmm. He's got Nico Collins looks fantastic. Um Tank Dell rookie who they drafted um who side note the Panthers could have drafted we picked Mingo instead who hey Mingo he's still young. He's got plenty of time to improve. But CJ Stroud's got some guys on the outside that are creating separation that are um, performing really, really well. And yeah, like part of it is that CJ Stroud is, is, you know, making good decisions and, and throwing good passes as well. But I also in watching the Texans, I see an offense that is um, letting CJ Stroud play very freely there. They, they, the play calling yeah. guys are getting open downfield he's got somewhere to go with the ball consistently and he's taking way more shots downfield than the panthers are allowing bryce to take now part of that's the play calling and part of that's the personnel we adam thielen terrace marshall jr and dj chark do not scare anyone they don't scare the defense whatsoever Mm -hmm. um and then you look at I sent you that other video about uh, the the video of D'Amico Ryan's a Texans coach mm-hmm. in the in the locker room and not saying that that Frank Reich's not giving these impassioned locker room speeches himself but we haven't seen any of that certainly yet from the Panthers social media team um but I just get the sense that CJ Stroud is in a much better situation right now than Bryce Young is in and Anthony Richardson, we talk about him. Which is he's he's which is really interesting though. Like that's well, that's really interesting because if you remember back to the draft, mm-hmm. everybody said that the Panthers was the was the best place to for a quarterback to land. They they sure did. And sure did. it's very interesting to to kind of hear some of these takes now. Oh, by the way, I just looked this up because I was curious. You know what Collins' stat line was today? In the Texans game? Something like um, seven receptions for 140-something yards. Seven receptions, 168 yards, and two touchdowns. Yeah. that's do that, we, that man is balling. Do we have anybody on our roster that's that's capable of that sort of stat line right now? Do we have anybody on our roster that's capable of covering that in week eight? <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Speaking of, I do want to talk a little defense because yeah. we hadn't really touched on it much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the Vikings moved the ball very easily. <laughs> and yeah. that was that was concerning. Yeah. Um because we were able to make Cam Akers look good. <laughs> <laughs> we were able to make Cam Akers like you know, look like an okay back. He averaged eight yards per rush. Um, did he really? Yeah. Good lord. He didn't he didn't rush a whole lot, but he had five rushes for 40 yards. Oh, geez. He caught a yeah. couple passes too. And he caught a couple passes. Yeah. So like we somehow made him look good. Um, and I know he's not terrible, but like 
you know, it just, it seemed like, and Madison had five and a half yards per rush with, you know, 95 yards. So um, I, I was, I don't want to say I was disappointed with the defense, um, but we did get lucky. You know, the Vikings very easily could have had, you know, another seven or 10 points. You know, if we didn't have that 99 yard touchdown <laughs> return, they would have been up seven to nothing right at the very yeah. beginning of the game as opposed to us. So, yeah. um, you know, I know that we have been riddled with injuries on defense. Yeah. Um, but it just, it, 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 we, it didn't inspire a whole lot of confidence to me. Now I do think that there were some bright parts. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we had sure. a uh, a fantastic. You know, you and I we talked about it last week when we were discussing. You know what um, Xavier Howard being out is going to mean for Jeremy I'll Chen. Woods. And, I mean Woods. I'm sorry. Thank you. Um, is going to you know what it's going to mean for Chen. Um, you know what it's going to mean. Um, you know, just kind of for for Jackson like who's going to step up who's going to yeah. who's going to fill in or Franklin I'm sorry and we saw Jeremy Chin they called up a beautiful blitz <laughs> and yeah. he you know he went straight up uh the middle and it was it was timely and it looked great and it was just like I, I I started yelling like more of that, right? <laughs> yeah. Like just like you know some of those other things. Now I do think that from a defensive perspective, we're we're doing a good job keeping things together uh, for the most part. But we would be remiss if we no. didn't talk about it a little bit. Um, and kind of I feel like we're a little bit fortunate to only have lost by seven or eight. Yeah, I mean I I did not. I did not anticipate us holding the Vikings to 21 points. I thought that they yeah. were going to absolutely yeah. light us up. Um, Justin Jefferson, six catches for 85 yards, two touchdowns, um, nine targets. I mean, I think that uh, considering all the injuries we've had, I think the defense did a fairly admirable mm-hmm. job um, today. I, I'm, I've been impressed with with Ejiro Evero, our defensive I coordinator. I think yeah. he's done a, a fantastic job. He's had a lot. Uh, he's been dealt a pretty crappy hand with all the injuries that we've had. And yep. he's been able to bring guys in. I mean, uh, the guy that we talked about earlier that made that block on um, that block on the Sam Franklin pick six, uh, mm-hmm. Deshaun Jameson, he had a good game. Do you remember the hit that he put on Justin Jefferson on that one play? Yes. Jefferson. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that dude looks like a, a player. He looks really good. But um, also, we held them 21 points, but also the Vikings only ran, I think, 44 plays. They did not, they, they weren't on the field that much. I mean, I forgot to mention this earlier, but did you see the time of possession I for didn't. this game? Mm-mm. Panthers, 38 minutes and 29 seconds. Vikings, 21 minutes and 31 seconds. We almost doubled them up. How many times are you going to see the team that has that big of an advantage on time of possession lose the game? Lose, yeah. So we we the Vikings only only ran, and here's the total plays: sixty eight for the Panthers, forty four for the Vikings. They only ran forty four plays. So yeah, had they only had, had the, nineteen throws, right? Had the Vikings ran sixty eight plays, I feel like Justin Jefferson would have had more than more production than he ended up with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but even still, I mean. I just thought, yeah, like it wasn't it wasn't that great of a game. 
um, for the defense, but it, but they had some moments, and I, I feel like they're doing an an admirable job. Um, I feel like now Dante Jackson. I don't know. Have you seen anything about him? He he left the game at one point, right? Yeah, I don't think he came back either. No, that's so. Um, if we lose him, and we've already lost yeah. Casey Horn, that's not good. No, that's what I'm saying. Like our like from an injury perspective, we've we've had a had a rough go of it. We have. Um, we have. Uh, I mean, anything else? Anything else on the Vikings I had, game? I had two. I had two more things. Okay. One, I thought uh, I really enjoyed it being Thielen's revenge game. Yes, and, you know the fact that he he played pretty he played well, um, yep. you know still led us in yards. Um, so I was really happy that we came out immediately found him a couple of times. He seemed to disappear a little bit, but uh, you know in the second half he kind of showed back up. So I thought it was really cool yep. to kind of have that revenge game. He you know the Panthers didn't win, but he played well and was able to kind of yep. stick it to stick it to his old team just a little bit. Um, the other thing that was was concerning to me, and this is the last thing I have on the game, um, Terrence Marshall Jr. had three fumbles. Is that right? Yeah, three. Um, yeah. Now he didn't lose any of them, and they didn't call. Like I saw them throw a bat, uh, you know, a, a beanbag for a fumble, but they never acknowledged it in the game. So I could be wrong, but he had, uh, he had at least two of them. At least two. At least okay. two fumbles, and I thought there was a third one, but they may have said they, you know, they didn't ever really acknowledge it on the broadcast. The, the right. refs may have talked about it and decided it wasn't a fumble. I don't know, um, but it was it was That's not concerning. good. Um, and you know, again, we didn't lose any of them. We can't afford to lose any of them. Um, they now, yeah, the official stat line says one, but I know, I like, I saw two of them that they were having conversations about. And I think yeah. maybe he recovered one of them or something like that. But um, that's really concerning that, you know, we yeah. don't, we don't have like, it's one of our weakest position groups. And the fact that, you know, one of our higher draft picks from a few years ago, um, fumbled once, twice, three times, like whatever the official number is, I don't know, but I saw the ball come out of his hands three times. Um yeah. And that's maybe that's why he hasn't been getting a lot good. of uh, a lot of yeah. looks the first yeah. first few weeks. I wrote down actually at one point about Terrace Marshall. I was like Terrace Marshall, Terrace Marshall, um, Terrace Marshall getting quite a few looks tonight. Um, seems kind of out of seems kind of out of nowhere because the first three games he was essentially non-existent, and I actually had the thought of, huh, I wonder if they're sort of trying to. Um, showcase his abilities um because they might be on the uh, we might be on the, the trade trading. market now one thing trade. i wanted to mention about adam Thielen, i don't know if you caught this in the fourth quarter this was like way towards the end of the game <laughs> the the announcers said that the the vikings defensive coordinator um they asked him in the pregame sort of interviews they asked him so is the game plan as simple as taking away adam Thielen late in the game and he he just responded with, "Yeah, that <laughs> that tells you all you need to know about our wide receiver core." That's awesome. Uh, anyway, so speaking of, real quick, I just want to touch on this. Um, speaking of Terrace Marshall, what I mentioned, um, there's been a, there's been talks today. Ian Rappaport actually said that uh, the Panthers have been active on the trade market. So Scotty Fit. Scott Fitterer 
is he's got the blue eyes glowing, the Cyclops eyes or whatever you call it. Um, he is in on every deal, right? And yep, um, it's been reported that he's been calling teams about trading for a wide receiver. Um, and there's a few names that have been thrown out there. I don't know if you've seen any of those any of those names or any of those discussions. Now there was talk about the Broncos at one point, but they don't Jerry seem to Judy. want to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's the only that's the only name I've seen recently. Yeah. So Jerry Judy is one that's kind of been thrown around. Um T. Higgins from the Cincinnati Bengals is another that's one. Right. Um he's he went out today though. He did he got hurt today. Um I don't know how serious it is, but the Bengals and T. Higgins did not come to an agreement on an extension, and it's been reported that he is not in their future plans, which makes sense because Joe Burrow just signed an extension to, um, I think, the richest contract in NFL history. Um, They're going to have to pay Jamar Chase after this season or after next season, Um, so they're probably not going to have room for two number one wide receivers, which a lot of people consider T. Higgins to be. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's a few other guys. One other name that's been thrown around, which I they better not. They better not do this. Chase Claypool from the Bears. Um, mm-hmm. He was a healthy scratch today. Um, he once again has had like a falling out with the team. Um, I do not want Chase Claypool. First of all, he hasn't shown that he is that talented of a wide receiver. And second of all, he yeah. has a terrible attitude and a terrible personality. So I don't want to give up any trade trade assets, any draft picks for somebody like that. But um, I don't know. What what are your thoughts on, I guess, what are your thoughts on us making a trade midseason, um, whether that's trading someone like a Brian Burns, who some people have thrown that idea around, considering the fact that, that we still haven't extended him, and he's probably – him and Derek Brown are probably the two only two guys on our team, like trade assets that we could get something super valuable in return. Um, Jeremy Chen's name has been thrown out there as a guy who, if we like traded him and like a third or fourth round pick or something, we could get like a really Mm -hmm. good wide receiver in return. What do you think about us making a move like that mid season? Is it a desperation move? Yeah, I mean, uh, we're not going to win this year. Like, why? Why? Um, I, that's where I come down on it. Is like to me, the reason why you make those those trades is if you feel like that's it's you know strategically advantageous for you uh, mm-hmm. to do that, whether that's like in the short term or the long run or whatever. But yeah, I mean, how often are you going to hit on a Brian Burns? Not right. very often, or there'll be a hell of a lot more of them out there. Right. So um, we don't have a first round draft pick. We can't go. We can't go for it there. So, like, you know, I don't know what the solution is. I'm not smart enough to figure this out. Like, that's that's why they get paid millions of dollars. But the long and short of it is we mortgaged a whole lot of things to be able to grab Bryce Young. And I agree with I agree with doing that. I don't have a problem with the way that we did it. Yeah, no, definitely not the the it's put us in the position of it's going to take two to three years to now you know fill the pantry back up <laughs> with with good players to be around Bryce Young and again it's going to be a longer period of time given 
how much we had to give up to secure Bryce in the first place. So trading for a wide receiver, unless it's just a sweetheart deal that you can't say no to, and there's a wide receiver that has had a falling out with his team, um, then, you know, I don't know why I don't know why we would do it. Like we don't need to overpay for anybody. Right. All right. So um, we're coming down to the wire here. Uh, you had mentioned that you wanted to mention the email that we got right from um, one of the, from somebody that listens to the show. Yeah, we had a, uh, had an email from a dude named Chris. Uh, as he said, Chris, AKA the Scottish Panther on Twitter, AKA X. <laughs> <laughs> which, which I respected the uh, how thorough uh, he was, but no, he just reached out, and gave us his thoughts on, um, you know, what we talked about in our last podcast. Which, hey, we always love hearing from you guys. So, uh, if you want to reach out to us, Ben is probably the better person for us uh, for you to reach out to on Twitter. Um, you can find uh, all the all the URLs and all that kind of jazz um, going across the bottom of the screen on YouTube. Uh, or hit us up at uh, at keep herring Ben or at keep herring Eric on uh, Twitter slash X. And then if you want to email us uh, like Chris did, then you can certainly do that as well. Um, you can reach us at, I think it's keep purring podcast at gmail.com. So yep. uh, keep purring podcast at Gmail. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. If you have any other thoughts, if you want to hear us talk about a certain um uh, topic or something, feel free to shoot them on over to us. We always love uh, chatting back and forth with people who want to engage. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really awesome. Um, all right. Well, uh, I think we're, I think our talk about the Vikings is, is at an end. Um, We've we said all we need to say. Um, <laughs> we got the, the Detroit Lions next week. So, uh, that is going to do it for today's episode. Thanks so much, everybody, for listening or for watching. If you're on YouTube, um, if you haven't given us uh, hit that subscribe button, please do so. That would be amazing. And uh, we'll be back next Sunday night following the Lions game, hopefully with some better news to talk about. <laughs> um, until then, keep purring and keep pounding.